0: This is a Hot Pie Media original.
1: All our legacy is, is footprints in the sand, right? And and what am I leaving behind to not just motivate people and inspire them, but am I, am I leaving those footprints to say, well, if he could do it, I could, you know, well, I remember Terrence, you know, what are my teammates gonna say to their grandkids one day if I go home before them? Man, that dude right there, Boom, 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 right? Um, And then in eternity, what am I echoing to my father when I have to see him face to face? And, you know, for me, it's not where I can stand on a pulpit or platform and scream from mountaintops. It's what am I doing day in and day out?
0: Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Korn, founder of AIM7, and this is The Blueprint. I've spent my life helping Olympic gold medalists, NFL, and NCAA athletes be the best at their craft. Now I'm taking that experience and translating it into your life. This podcast is for busy professionals and household CEOs who care deeply about their family, career, and their health. There's an ocean of content to wade through, but I do the heavy lifting for you into still cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your lifestyle and goals. Today, I'm joined by Terrence Murphy, a former NFL player turned real estate entrepreneur. His company, TM5, operates in two countries and 15 states and has completed over a billion dollars in total sales and leasing volume. Three times, TM5 has been awarded the Aggie 100 Award for being one of the fastest-growing Aggie-owned and operated companies in the world. Gig'em, Terrence. Terrence and I played football together at Texas A&M, so this is really special for me. I was a walk-on, and he was a starter. But T. Murph, as we called him, always treated everybody the same. But now, please take one second and hit the subscribe button on whichever listening platform you are listening on, as this is one of the best ways that you can support the podcast. But before we get to my discussion with Terrence, imagine a team of world-class coaches and scientists focused only on you. These experts know exactly what you need today because they know precisely what your mind and body are ready for. That kind of guidance is now available to everyone. AIM 7 is a wellness app that provides custom exercise recommendations to improve the outcomes of programs and workouts you already love. It unlocks existing data from wearables and other apps to provide empathetic and scientific guidance that's perfectly in tune with your mind and body. Your team of world-class experts is ready to get started. To get early and free access to this exclusive program, go to www.aim7.com. That's A-I-M-7.com and sign up now. There are a limited amount of spots every month, so sign up now and reserve your spot. But now, it's time to lean in and learn from the best. Terrence, man, this is so cool to have you on the show today. Thanks for joining me.
1: Yeah, man. It's always good to see a brother, man. And not only a brother in football, but a brother in Christ, man. It's good to connect.
0: Amen to that. Um, I want to tell you something that you probably don't even know. The first time I ever saw you, uh, you remember when we were under Kyle Field in those just cruddy old locker rooms? So uh, Coach Grimes, we were coming in the O-line meeting and uh, he's watching film. And he's like, guys, I want to tell you something. We found a good one. And he's like, there's this guy out of Tyler, Texas. And he's like, watching you run. He's like, this he's, a, he's, called, he's what we call a five strider. I'm like, what is a five strider? And he's like, he takes five strides every 10 yards. He's going to be good, man. I'm telling you, he's going to be real good. And um, that was the first time I ever saw you. And, um, you know.
1: You know there's a story behind that, right? Right?
0: No. I'll give you
1: a quick story. So obviously I'm in, I'm in East Texas and I'm a two-star quarterback recruit. We were really good in the eighties and nineties, but then we had drugs and gangs kind of ravished through our community. Um, and then we brought in a new superintendent, a new principal, a new coach, and it was to clean up our school. Right. And in middle school, we were going through metal detectors every day. German Sherpas walking the hallways. It was, they got bad there for a while. And, um, when they came in, obviously now it was so used to we were winning state championships, going to playoffs to where, you know, you're going to have grades first. Well, what did it do to the best athletes? Right. They're smoking weed. They're not passing school. They're not. Well, all our best athletes were not on the football team a lot of times because they were in trouble or flunked out or whatever. And so I ended up getting moved to quarterback because I was the best athlete. And I was we went over in my sophomore year. One and nine my junior year. So, so going into my senior year, we were one and 19. Oh. And I'm telling people I'm going to go D1. And we hadn't signed a D1 recruit in about nine years, almost 10 years from my school. And I started making these highlight tapes. Back then it was the VHSs. And so I went to like the Bulldog TV lady because I was an entrepreneur back then. I didn't know it. Um, but I had all these different businesses. And I said, hey, if I come sweep your floors, clean up the warehouse, would you let me use your VHS tapes? Long story short. At sixteen, seventeen, I started making these tapes, and I sent them out. And um, obviously, Tim Hollingstad was the guy recruiting me. He had seen it, but he never got the staff to watch it. And he hadn't—I guess Coach Slocum hadn't seen it. Well, they signed all these five-star receivers, and right at the end, he, Coach Slocum told me this person. said, so I was cleaning off my desk, and I seen your tape. And I had told a guy, when, you know, that I knew that knew you. I think it was my stepdad that I would watch it. And when he watched it. He went in there immediately and called that team meeting, and then obviously had all the skill guys, skill coaches, like Coach Grimes, watch it. And that day that y'all watched it on the line was the day they called me and made me an offer.
0: Shut up. Yep.
1: Yeah. So oh,
0: wow. Yeah. So
1: that's why when people are like, "Man, why do you point point to God every time you catch a ball?" Or because I know that without God intervening, I never would have been at any. So, but, uh, I just, I don't know if you know that story behind it, but that's why I came in with that mentality just to work and grind and just not take, you know, not overlook the opportunity God had given me.
0: Let me, let me tell you something, dude, that's an incredible story. And for those listening that may not know Terrence, like you, you, like you said, you weren't highly, man, I didn't even know what recruiting was back then. Like you know, <laughs> rankings, it's, it's now it's a whole another mess, but, um, you are, uh, uh, a scholarship football player. I was a walk-on. Um, there's a difference. Okay. Talent, all that other stuff. But what I admired about you is you never treated anybody differently. Yeah. And, but you worked your butt off like no, no fooling around. Like I've been around some of the best athletes on the planet in my coaching career. And I would put very few of them up against your work ethic. And so you earned everybody's respect and you left a and as the all-time leading receiver.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, um, yeah, a lot of the records that I set were the first time in the history of 120 years that it had ever happened at our university. And, you know, people are respecting it now because even now that the game has changed and they're running so many more plays and they throw the ball with Johnny Manziel and Coach Sherman, it's still taking these guys a lot of years and a lot of catches to break what I had been doing in an option offense. And, you know, we would get two, three, three catches a game. Oh, you game for instance, right? Yeah. Number one team in the nation, number one defense in the nation. Our whole defense went in the first two rounds and I had four catches for one thirty-five and two touchdowns. I was, that's not a
0: great game.
1: game. It was a great game.
0: (laughs) I mean, when I was watching Alabama lose, I was like the last time that happened, uh, you know, remember how they had the scoreboard lit up for like, uh, like a week, and then week. we lost to Missouri the next. That was a story.
1: <laughs> then we lose a double overtime to Missouri. Yeah, that was terrible. But um, we it was a fun game, too, though, game.
0: man. Think about all the guys that wouldn't played the NFL on that roster. Year, yeah, man. Ty Bethel, Terrence. I mean, the list goes on and on. We, I tell people to this
2: day.
1: And obviously I played it in and two more seasons after that. And then obviously went to the NFL, played, you know, was at the Senior Bowl, went to the NFL uh, um, combine, seen a lot of athletes, trained with a lot of really amazing athletes. That was the most talented team I've ever been on in my life. So much talent. There's no reason. One, if you look at the games we lost, it was like weird stuff. Like we're up by 17 on Nebraska in the fourth quarter. They come oh back gosh. and beat us. You know, Oklahoma State, we're down 14. We come back tied up in the fourth quarter. Then Belto had the game and the catch hit him like in the chest and it came off and they picked it. Then the Texas Tech game, three overtimes, 47-48. It was just a we- it was a weird year. The losses that we had, it was just like three overtimes and you lose by one point because we missed three field goals. Like it's just random stuff. Mm-hmm. But that was the most talented team I've ever been on, for sure.
0: So you went on, get drafted, what, 58th overall by the Packers? I mean- yeah. So in the Aaron Rodgers
1: draft class is what I call it, because he's obviously NFL MVP last year. He was the first pick in the draft on that year. I was the second pick, me and Nick Collins. And me and Aaron were roommates. We were really good friends. And, you know, he was my best friend on the team. I got drafted to be to be his, you know, Batman and Robin. So, um, yeah, man, but God had a different plan for me. And he had, a, he had a great plan for him, man. So we obviously went on two different journeys. But, yeah, I'm, what I'm still What happened?
0: Proud. You got injured, right? Yeah, I had the neck injury, I,
1: you know, had that neck injury, I had to retire, went through that so rehab. Phys- what was that like
0: behind. mentally? Because I'm real. I'd really like to dive into that for a second because you, you had, you, you're a hard worker. You had this consistent rise, your second round pick, Aaron Rodgers is there. You're like, okay, I'm in a historic franchise. I remember seeing, I don't, I followed you, man. I was like, I saw pictures of you riding your bike. Right. Yeah. Uh, you and Aaron Rodgers. I remember there was a some beach thing. I think he, or maybe he came to your wedding anyway. Yeah. He came and spent the
1: week with me at my wedding. Him and uh, It was like him and like seven of my teammates uh, from Green Bay, about 10 of them from AM. and then my wife went to UT. So there was some longhorn athletes there. And it was a great time, man. We, yeah, but yeah, we were good. We were good friends. Like I said, he came and spent the week with me. And, uh, but yeah, man, just going through that injury, I learned a lot from it. Um, obviously it deepened my relationship and my faith with God which most people would say, well, man, wouldn't you reject God from that? And you go through those questioning moments, but at the end of it all, he never forsaked me and he had another plan. And my biggest prayer was just to give me something I could be passionate about because mm. I, I was so passionate about uh, football. I said, I just needed that passion and, um, and he showed me real estate. And that's when I transitioned. Well, how, to how did you family. find real estate? Man, a lot of prayer, bro. I'm telling you, I prayed that over and over and over. God, give me something I could be passionate about. And he showed me, you know, he showed me real estate. And, what
2: about uh, it
0: excited you?
2: Um,
1: you know, I'd already graduated. I graduated and I was going to come back to A&M and get my master's. And I did a semester on campus in the middle of depression, trying to go to school and just people would come up to me all the time. Won't you Terrence Murphy? That's when I first started shaving my head. Mm. Um, and I was just like, "Nope." And they're like, you sure look like him. I'm like, people tell me that all the time. And I literally would go to class and people would try to talk to me about if I was Terrence Murphy or not. But they were, they were weirded out because they were like, isn't he in Green Bay with the Packers? Why is he here in College Station? So I just kind of went through that season of just being a lone wolf and just really trying to rebuild myself and recommitting. I started doing ministry. I was working at uh, Grace Bible Church. Uh, oh, yeah. Youth Impact. And I was doing that. And and uh, yeah, man, so I went on that journey. But Real estate, what excited me about it is to be able to control your own destiny. It reminded me of sports, man. It was the closest thing that I could find that if I put in the work, if I do the right things, if I build the fundamentals, over time, I will rise to the top. And uh,
0: that's what I love about it. Yeah, you guys have done like close to a billion dollars in sales and leasing volume. I think you've done over $350 million. I mean, this isn't small... Like, I watched this, you know, like I, I, I kept up with certain people and watched their careers um, grow. And it was like, you know, I, I remember when this kind of started, I'd check in. I'm like, oh, that's pretty sweet. He's, he's like in the historic district. And then it was yeah. like, oh, and then you're in this district. And then it's like, T Murph's like, yeah, man, I'm buying a strip mall in North Carolina with my wife. I'm <laughs> like, okay, okay. And then it's like branching into Austin doing this. And what do you think is attributed to that success? Because Man, like, I'm now, I've left sports, I have a startup company, it is difficult. It's a grind. It's a grind. So, what have you attributed the success to, like, did you have some big downs where there's some, you know what I'm saying? I'd love to know more about that.
1: Yeah, man, and you know I'm a stat guy, so we're actually north of a billion. So, we're at like 1.4, 1.5.
0: You need to volume. update your website because that's where I got it from. I know. I need to update that, man.
1: I'm too busy doing the deals and not updating the stats. That's good. That's uh, good. No, I'll get on my team about that. But yeah, man. So, and the cool thing is, you know, we were in College Station with the brokerage and we were doing developments and doing student housing. And then that kind of morphed into me getting my license. When I got my license that first year, I didn't do much. And I was like, no, if I'm going to be a realtor, I want to be no one realtor in Brian College Station. I want to be no one realtor in the state of Texas. And so that's just my competitive mentality. And it just kind of morphed from there. Dude, we're, in the last seven months, TM5, we're in 15 states now and two countries.
0: What? We're, what are the countries?
1: This, uh, Canada and obviously America. But um, wow. And then we're, we're in 15 states. So our goal within the next three to five years is to be in all 50 states and 15 countries and 10,000 agents worldwide.
0: Now, I see you stated your company values on your website. What does that, like, why is it important for you to put those values up in front? High performance isn't just reserved for elite athletes and those with unlimited resources. In my free newsletter called Adaptation, I provide you with curated information and resources to improve your health, well-being, and performance. I cover topics like sleep, stress, exercise, nutrition, and mental performance. You can sign up today for this free newsletter at www.ericcorum.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Well, you know, it's one of those deals where I just want people to know, you know, it talks about, you know, with our core values, we hire, fire, and hold people accountable based on those core values. And I tell people all the time, it doesn't mean that you're perfect. It doesn't mean that you're walking them out because I'm not, we're all flawed human beings. But it means this is what we're striving for. That's That's the motto. And it just is like sports. You know, we always had those messages every year, you know hold the rope or this or that. And it's like, <laughs> you know, so don't, for me, don't, hope, don't
0: bring up, hold the rope, man. Oh, I know. That I want to cut example. that rope. Yeah. That was a bad example. <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah. So we have an acronym that's called Epic Okay, E-E-I-G-H, which is excellence, passion, integrity, growth, and hard work. And when I look at those core values, that's really who I am as a human being. And I want to embody those as the founder and the leader of, you know, our companies. And now we have 22 companies that we own and run. And like I said, we're expanding and growing and just getting after it, man.
0: 22? 22, bro.
1: All real estate? Real estate related, real estate centric. Um, and uh, we're working on a couple more. And, uh, it's It's been
0: fun, man. Okay. So, but you're not just a, you're just not a ex-football player. You're not just an Aggie, which is a great thing. And you're not just a, you know, an amazing business person. You're also a husband and father. And, um, talk to me about the importance of that.
1: Yeah, that's important. I want to go back real quick on one thing you said earlier about transitioning into entrepreneurship. I tell people the most competitive landscape I've ever been in my life. And I grew up in East Texas, one of the toughest neighborhoods in East Texas and Chapel Hill, um, where not only is it competitive, it's, 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 it's a, it's a beast. Um, and then obviously, you know, playing East Texas footballs and, you know, the life things that I had to go through uh, and being paralyzed from the neck down and coming, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually, rebuilding myself. Obviously I'm semi-normal now. Uh, all those things that I've been through and I say business is warfare. There was actually a book called business is warfare. And um, I suggest people listen to it and it, it, it is the most competitive place that you will run into. And so that being said, man, like just keep going. Focus on your USP, your unique selling proposition, focus on your core values and really focus on what's, what do you bring different to the table? Because now with this space of influencers and creators, and I was an influencer and a creator back, you know, 14, 15 years ago when I started my entrepreneurial journey, I didn't understand that's what I was, but I was doing things different and I was okay with it. I remember going on my first listing appointment and I was 24. And when I went, she was like, You just seem a little young to be a realtor, you know? And so people kept telling me I was too young. I'm like, Okay, well, let me take that and spin it. That's when I started creating the modern and contemporary techniques and cutting edge. I'm like, If I'm going to be considered a young realtor or builder or developer, then let me just accept that and go with it. And so I started innovating on the process. Uh, So I didn't want to miss that. That was something I wanted to circle back to. Um, So innovation
0: wasn't something you were scared of.
1: No, man, because my whole life, that's what I've done, bro. When you don't have resources and you don't have access, you have to be innovative. Mm. you know? Um, and I tell people all the time, and I tell my kids all the time, they want to sign up for this, they want to sign up for that. I'm like, go in the backyard and practice on your own. What happens is going out and trying stuff? You know, everybody wants to get a coach. And, you know, I have, I have three amazing kids transitioning to that. And my wife went to UT, so she's a long guard, smart, smart, amazing. Uh, woman, but she was an athlete too. What did she? So our, our kids are athletes, and they, you know, people want them to train year round, and I'm like, I'm not doing that.
0: Yeah, not like, wise.
1: I hate when people. I, I can tell you now, there's going to be a lot of colleges mad at, mad at Mr. Terrence Murphy because I'm not going to send my kids to all those camps. I'm not going to have them doing stuff year round, and we're not going to do all that. This is we're going to let them be kids right now, and mm-hmm. there's always a time and a place to go be that right. So uh, And that's really smart bad.
0: because the, lit- the research demonstrates, too, that if you want to be elite, specializing at an early age leads to burnout, leads to injuries. And yeah, I just had a guy on, we were talking about this, his name's Mike Boyle, he's up in the Northeast. There's so much money being made off of these kids now yep. that these clubs are incentivized financially to get your kids to keep doing this stuff. There's people actually that are getting venture capital backing to buy these clubs, but um, you know, as a husband and a father how do you how do you instill like your kids like i you don't know my story, but my parents are both entrepreneurs. we didn't have a whole lot growing up. that's okay. My mom built a huge catering and food manufacturing company out of a four hundred square foot kitchen, and we all worked every single mm-hmm. weekend we all worked that was like the quorum thing like. I was, you don't know this, but she did like Troy Aikman's wedding, Emmett Smith's wedding. And so like, that's how she kind of made it. And so like on Thanksgiving day, I'd be over at Emmett Smith's house, like in the back cleaning, you know, scrubbing stuff. And then he'd walk by, you know, but that was kind of our thing, you know, as we all worked hard. How do you, as somebody that had to bring yourself up, so to speak, translate that to your kids who aren't in the same spot that you were, which is a blessing. There's nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with that.
2: Yep. The biggest thing I've learned just with life is it's it starts with perspective. And one of the things I'm always
1: challenging my kids is perspective. And so my kids aren't perfect, just like none of us are. But we we, you know, a lot of times people always come up to us and say, your kids are well behaved because we're hard on them. Um, And and I'm never going to stop being that. Right. That's just how I'm wired anyway. But my wife is, too. And we know that there's greatness in them. And we're going to make sure that when it's all said and done, we can look our maker in his eyes and say we did the best to our ability. Mm -hmm. But it starts with that perspective. And I think a lot of times when you see people who are self-made or successful in any way, shape, form, or fashion, they forget that what it took for them to be successful, and they're too busy trying to give their kids what they didn't have versus trying to teach them what they learned. Wow. And I think just that in itself is so much wisdom because like, man, if I spend all my time trying to give them what I didn't have keyword give, now I want them to have things that I didn't have, but there's a balance. I need to teach them what I learned on this process that got me to a place where I can give them those things.
0: Man, that's pretty wise. Yeah. It's um, all, yeah. It, it, I just it takes wrote a- that down. Cause I need to talk to my wife about that. Cause it, <laughs> it's not that we're giving our kids everything. I just like, You know, I look at my wife all the time. I'm like, I can't wait. And it sounds really weird, but I'm like, I can't wait till they're of legal age to like go get a job out out there besides working at home. Cause I want them to get a job and to understand what it means to work hard besides things that we do inside our house. Does that make sense? Right. I even started
1: doing this thing. um, And it sounds weird. We call it daddy chronicles. Um, Where every night instead of a bedtime story, they want to hear a story about my life. and so. I go through, you know, so we pray. Everybody gets to pray. If we have a book we're reading right now, we're reading a Muhammad Ali book. It's a it's a kid's Muhammad Ali book. It's really good. Um, and then they have their memory, their memory scriptures that they're working on. And then Erica knows it's daddy's time. So I go in, I put them to bed every night and they want to hear a story. And now they're looking forward to it. They're like, all right, daddy, Karno, what are we going to hear tonight? Mm-hmm. And I just tell them stories about my life, man. You know, and so they, because they, they won't be able to know you know, when we're just all running and going. So it's been a great opportunity for me as a father to just give them perspective.
2: How do
0: you, you know? balance, you know, you, you're you obviously very competitive and goal-driven, you know, and, and that's a part of, if you're an athlete, it doesn't matter if you're an athlete. Like you said, entrepreneurs are the same way. Elon Musk, you can't tell me he's not the same way. Yeah. Uh, great, great. Anybody that's great in anything is like next, 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 next. How do you balance that with still, like, okay, I put in a great day of work? Like, how do you shut that off so then you can shift your focus to your family? Do you find yourself drifting sometimes mentally?
1: Nope. Nope. Wow. It takes time. It's, it's a learned habit, is what I want to encourage everybody. Um, you know, there's a great book called Atomic Habits that I just had my whole team read. Uh, it's a really good book.
0: James Clear, yeah. Yeah. But one of the things that I, it was a learned habit in the beginning,
1: you know, you don't turn it off because you don't have any other options. Right. You're the end all be all right. You're you're doing everything. But what I've learned is and it really hit me is if I am who I say I am as an entrepreneur. Then I should get the work done within the time prescribed. Right. And if I don't, those people who work seven days a week all into the night, then they are who they think they are. Right. And uh, maybe they got to level up. And so I really have found that balance. And so one of the other things I've learned too, there was a time in my life that I did sacrifice that time with the family. And I did sacrifice not eating lunch because I need to go show this property and go be here for this client. And I remember I ended up getting sick and I got like sick sick and this was years ago, early on in my entrepreneurial career, and I thought it was that same football mentality, just work, grind, work. And I remember my little baby, she's now 11, she was only a couple years old, cried because she had to go home and I had to stay at the hospital that night. And I remember I made a commitment to myself that I will never put my health, my kids, that personal quality time at risk over clients who never even came to the hospital to make sure I was okay, you know? And so, and uh, we only got so much time with our kids, man. When they're 18, they're going to, we, we, you know, the scripture that talks about um, the man who has a quiver full, the arrows full of children, mm-hmm. it's like a warrior with arrows in his bow. And I have this thought process that my kids are arrows and every day that goes by, I'm just pulling me back even further. And at some point I got to let that arrow go into the world, but am I pointing it at the right target? And so that's the focus that I'm trying to say. You
0: know, am I pointing my arrows at the right target? Man, you need to have a TED talk or three.
1: Uh, <laughs> this is soon. This is soon. It's coming, bro. They actually, I'm working on that right now. Actually, soon I'm probably going to be. Able of course, to you there. are.
0: Yeah, man, I'm proud to be your friend. I'm, I'm telling you that. Like, it's really good. To, um, you know, you meet good people in your life, and like for people to listen, I haven't talked to you besides social media in seventeen years, eighteen years, right? Yeah. You when you have a certain type of character, which means like what is etched on you, like it's easy to pick up. Pick up where you left off. Right. Yeah. Um I guess in closing, because I know you're a very busy person and I and I appreciate your time. Um what do you want your legacy to be?
2: That's a great question. Um, I would say the first thing it
1: starts with, and I I actually talk to my kids about this a lot. Like, you know, all our legacy is is footprints in the sand, right? And and what am I leaving behind to not just motivate people and inspire them, but am I am I leaving those footprints to say, well, if he could do it, I could do it. You know, well, I remember Terrence. You know, what are my teammates going to say to their grandkids one day if I go home before them? Man, that dude right there. Boom, 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 boom. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And then in eternity, what am I echoing to my father when I have to see him face to face? And, you know, for me, it's not what I preach. It's not what I can stand on a pulpit or platform and scream from mountaintops. It's what am I doing day in and day out to, to show people Christ in me? And then for my kids, um, the legacy that I want them to leave is, like I said, as an arrow. Am I pointing them in the right direction? And um, yeah, man, it's just, uh, it's one of those things that there will be times, there will be things that we do now that will echo in eternity. Mm -hmm. And there will be things that we do now that will resound over earth through our children and the people we've impacted. And so for me, my last thing, is I just want to see everybody be the best version of themselves, whatever that is, not competing against anyone else, not looking at the other lane. If you are in my world right now, and when you were my teammate back then, I just want to see you be the best version of yourself. That's always been my thing. I'm going to push you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to support you to be a best version of yourself, whatever that is. And that's, that's really truly my legacy, brother.
0: Man, that's strong. How can people find you?
2: Yeah,
1: man. So I got off social media uh with all the uh, uh my injury and stuff. I got back on. So Instagram, I'm a little, I'm a little more active on Instagram. Yeah. So just Terrence Realtor, T-E-R-R-E-N-C-E Realtor. And then I have my uh website, just TerrenceMurphy.com. And then obviously check out my new podcast, man. We hit 30,000 downloads in the first 10 months. So it's done. Okay. Uh It's Congrats. just, a little, yeah, what's it called? It, bro. Real estate entrepreneur. Okay. With we'll put Terrence that in the Murphy. show
0: notes. Uh one of yep. my best friends in Missouri City. I think I might have to introduce you to him. He's a he's he's growing there, he's doing some really innovative stuff. I'm gonna have to tell him to listen to your show. So it's real estate entrepreneur. Real estate entrepreneur
1: with Terrence Murphy. Okay. And it's on obviously Audible, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. It's pretty much on any on everything. And it's it's done
0: pretty well, man. Congrats. We'll put that in the show notes. Um, I'm sure that you talk about a lot more than just real estate. Is that, or is it just real estate? Like the X's and O's of real estate.
1: No, man. I talk just life. I talk, you know, just, um, you know, whatever God puts on my heart, I have some really good guests. You know, we have, you know, developers on there. We have multifamily syndicators. We have entrepreneurs. We have tech people. We have bankers. We have it all, man. So yeah, it's just real estate entrepreneurship. Um, But we're, casting a wide net on what we're talking about.
0: I love it. Thank you for joining us today. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, man. Appreciate your bringing me man. It's great to see you. And I kept up with your career too, throughout what you were doing with the sports science and stuff. And, and I'm glad glad you're moving into the entrepreneurial space and if I can help you let me know.
0: Will do. If this episode inspired you, please share it with someone else who could use this positive message. We are a community looking to make an impact this is one of the best ways that you can help us spread this positive message. Thanks for joining us today, and I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.